celebrity Let your weary mind be free And someone kind of famous who you can't see It's time for sleeping with celebrity Hello sleepyheads and welcome to Sleeping with Celebrities. I'm John Moe. I'm glad you're here. On this audio program, we invite our guests to step out of the limelight and into the nightlight. On this show, for one bedtime, I don't want them to bring their A-game. I would like them to bring their Z-game. It's a podcast where you can sleep, you can simply relax, you can take a break from stress and intensity. Just ahead, we'll be sleeping with hip-hop artist Open Mike Eagle, and he's going to talk about building a home studio. All of the different components you have to put together and the, the purposes of said items and ultimately what you're going to want to look for in your results. But before all that, I invite you to settle in and get comfortable while I tell you about another show on the Maximum Fun Network. Sleepyheads, I have something that might help you. You see, one of the best ways to get to sleep, to punch your ticket to dreamland, is to read. And I want to tell you about a podcast here on the Maximum Fun Network entitled Reading Glasses. It's a show designed to help you read better no matter what you read or how you read it, no one's here to judge those things. We just want to help. Reading Glasses is dedicated to solving all your reader problems, such as figuring out how to get a book back from someone who borrowed it. They talk about how to find the best reading light, how to help you find more time to read. It's hosted by Bria Grant and Mallory O'Meara, and appears every Thursday on Maximum Fun or wherever you get your podcasts. And now to introduce our guest. Open Mike Eagle is an artist of the hip-hop variety who's been the subject of flattering reviews and profiles in magazines like Pitchfork, Rolling Stone, and the New York Times. Mike makes podcasts such as What Had Happened Was and Secret Skin. He's also the co-founder of The New Negroes, a stand-up and musical variety show that he and Baron Vaughn brought to performance venues in cities such as Los Angeles and also to television on Comedy Central. His latest album is Component System with the Auto Reverse. I'm sure there are lots more impressive things that I'm leaving out, but I want to talk with Mike before I'm too tired. Open Mike Eagle, thank you for sleeping with us tonight. Thanks for having me. It's nice to sleep with you, John. I'd like to start off these bedtime conversations with a question or two about sleep. Um, Mike, what is the best night of sleep you've ever had? Probably the night after one time when I didn't sleep at all. Mm. So uh, the next night, my body shut down around... 8 30 or 9 p.m and i didn't wake up until 8 or 9 a.m the next morning um i may have only gotten up to pee once mm. um 
and that sort of recharge sleep is is what I would consider to be the best. It's more like a it's like a autonomic correction, you mm. know, my body trying to get back right. Do you always sleep in the same position? No, in fact, um, it's sort of an issue. I turn a lot in bed because I sleep on my side. And when I'm on one side for too long, that side begins to go numb. So I have to turn on the other side. So um, it is impossible for me to sleep in a small space with another person because they become very upset with me after a while. Mm, space issues. Yeah. I, and I'm turbulent to sleep next to. Oh, why is that? Because I don't stay still. Um, it turns out that most people want to be still and they want to be next to someone who's also being still. And since uh, I don't do that, it can be at the least annoying for anyone that I'm sleeping next to. So if one wishes to build a home studio for music or podcasting or any kind of recording, uh, what kind of space? Let's start with the space. What kind of space is ideal for something like this? Um, you do need a home. That is that is important. Um, if it's the you, first word in home studio, it is um, because if and and it doesn't need to be a house. It just needs to be a space that primarily belongs to you. And if you share it, you have to have very very cool roommates that will be okay with you um, installing equipment that is not pleasing to the eye. It's not furniture. You can't even put a house plan on it. Um, mm. it, is, it is pure function uh, and it tends to need a space of its own. Um, and the, the sort of space you need, uh, you need a place to sit probably. Um, you need a room that isn't on its own too loud the sound can't bounce around too much so you need stuff in there to soak up the sound mm. uh, and then you need a place uh, in addition to having a place where you sit down you need another place where you can very likely stand up so uh -huh. that you can uh, do your vocals in a, in a manner in which you're standing that tends to be the best way to record vocals even though some people do record vocals seated um typically for most purposes for most people it's best to have some room to stand can't you stand anywhere though you can stand anywhere this is true all right um i'm trying to think of why you would need a place to sit and a place to stand oh it's because of how microphones are built how are microphones built they're typically built uh in a manner where they are not to be moved you don't want your microphone to move around too much. So if you have a microphone positioned to capture your voice while you're sitting, it would be very difficult for use that to use that same microphone while you were standing because that microphone does not want to move. So let's say you've selected a part of your home where your studio is going to go. Uh, what is the first thing that you would install? Um, a surge protector is probably the first item you want to have because most 
uh, rooms that you would put a studio in typically are going to have uh, max four electrical outlets mm. on different walls of the room. And you can't use them all at the same time. Um, that would create a lot of tripping hazards because your wires would run everywhere. You need your wires to be kind of central. So you're going to put a surge protector into one of those outlets. So then you have multiple outlets right there in the same place. Surge protector, also known as a power strip, correct? Yes, it is also known as a power strip. I've seen some of these at stores, at Home Depot and at Lowe's, sometimes even at a Walgreens or a CVS. Some of these are very expensive and others are quite affordable. What should you keep in mind in selecting one? Um, I don't know if there's a very good reason why some are expensive and some aren't. Um, I think that one thing you're going to want to keep an eye on for your home studio purposes is you're going to want the outlets on your power strip slash surge protector to have three holes. Sometimes you can buy one that will only have two holes. If you do that, you'll be able to uh, plug in and power very little of your home studio equipment. Right, right. You Maybe it would be good if you wanted to plug in several reading lamps, but that's about it. True, true. Have you ever experienced a surge from which you would need protection? I'm going to say that I have not. Um, okay. I believe the surge in question um, to be related to a power outage, even though that seems to be maybe opposite of what a surge actually is. Mm. Um, in my mind, the surge protector is also some sort of protection from this home studio equipment in case the power suddenly goes out. But that's happened plenty of times. And I don't think the surge protector did any uh, measure of protection uh, to this home studio equipment. Have you ever had an experience where your personal power goes out in a deeper sense? Yes, uh, that reflects the answer to the earlier question of mm. when I get the best sleep. Uh, it's because I've overused my power cells. And um it gets to a point in a day where my body goes into a shutdown. I used to teach um, elementary school and because I would have a rap career at night, mm -hmm. I would many times uh, teach school, go home, do a show, be out all night, kind of sleep because I'd be drunk, mm -hmm. wake up, go teach school again. And that morning, I'd have what you call a hangover wow. because I hadn't slept and had drank alcohol instead of sleeping. And so um, I would power through that day of doing very mediocre teaching to this group of assembled youth. Um, but inevitably, at sundown on those days, my body would shut down from overuse. Yes. Of of the hip-hop artists uh, practicing today, are there any that you think would make exceptionally good elementary school teachers? 
let me think about that. The first person who I thought of was Drake. Drake would be a terrible, terrible elementary school teacher. Um, he doesn't strike me as the sort of person who has a lot of patience. Mm. Um, and um, I believe that he is so rich now that um, if if someone was giving him a problem, he might order his uh, people to do something to the child, and and that would that's that's what you're that's what you're trained not to do as a teacher is to is to harm children. That's yeah, that's in the guidelines, I'm sure, right up towards the top. Yeah. All right. So Drake, no, no. Po Post Malone, maybe. Uh, I'm not the hugest fan of his of his music, and I don't even, don't even know why I really felt the need to say that. But I do think he could be an amazing elementary school teacher. He seems to have um, a very genuine smile, yeah. Um, and the sort of uh, the the sort of uh, energy that uh, could manage a bunch of cantankerous, energetic youth. Um, the only trouble might be whether or not this particular classroom full of children has any experience talking to an adult with face tattoos. Yeah. Because if it's their first time, uh, he could have some real issues. Might be some concentration issues. You don't want a disruption in the classroom. True. And then there's this thing where we, even with adults talking to a person with face tattoos, it's like you want to make eye contact. But then you're just trying not to look at the tattoos and you don't want to look at the tattoos because that seems disrespectful somehow, even though it's on their face. Right, right, right in the looking spot. Yeah. All right. So we have the space picked out. We've purchased our surge protector with our three outlets. What comes next for our home studio? I mean, it does depend on what sort of music you're making. We do have to factor that in at some point. I come from the experience of building home studios that are mostly for hip hop. So um, the next step for me would be choosing the appropriate microphone for the space. Mm. I think most of our listeners would choose to be making hip hop as well. So that's fine. That, that makes me happy to hear. What what goes into the decision for the microphone, which strikes me as a pretty important decision? Well, earlier we referenced the noisiness of the room. Sometimes um, if you have a lot of money, you can afford to have a room in your home that is dedicated to the sole purpose of home studio recordings. And if you have those sorts of resources you can do sound treatments. You can put nice, high quality um, padding on the walls and the ceiling, and it soaks up all the sound. So um, you get what's you know what's called a nice flat room. Um, if you're like me, when I was starting out building home studios, um, you're doing most of this in a closet, um, and closets don't sound as good as sound treated rooms and when you're in a room that doesn't sound very good you have to pick a microphone that's going to maximize the sound quality of the signal that you can get in said room so that's the place where you have to start so what sort of equipment to for soundproofing do you need is it foam rubber or panels of some sort 
Um, both of those are options. Um, I used to sometimes use uh, the foam that would, it's like this thin layer of foam that somehow was associated with a mattress, although for the life of me now, I can't remember what part of a mattress that would be. But um, it's this foam stuff that looks like you could put a bunch of eggs on it. It looks like there's a bunch of egg holders. Mm -hmm. um, you can staple that stuff right to your walls. You can nail it. You can thumbtack it. You can put double-sided tape on it and affix it to the walls. The one good thing about a closet is that a closet very well may have clothes in it. Clothes are um, pretty good at soaking up sound, although... They're made of fabric. They are. Um, although this, again, it depends on the dimensions of your closet, because if you keep your clothes in there, then you might not be able to put very much studio equipment in there. We're speaking over Zoom, and I see that one technique that you've employed is several transparent cubes stuffed with sneakers. Is that a soundproofing technique? Um, it is not. Um, this is a mixed-use space that I'm currently in. Uh, okay. where um, I am set up for my audio and video capabilities, but I do not record music in here because the room sounds terrible. I see. And so um, the cubes with the sneakers are, are just for storage. The last time I was in Los Angeles, uh, I noticed along the side of the road several old mattresses. Would you recommend retrieving mattresses and attaching them to the walls of your home studio? I think you have to take that on a very serious case by case basis. Um, if you perceive what you to be, if you see what you perceive to be a brand new mattress only recently discarded and it hasn't rained in a while and there's no obvious dirt or filth on it. Um, that is a, it's still a risk because it may have, many, many tiny insects inside of it that you might not want to bring into your space. Um, there's also the issue of um, uh, transporting a mattress. Typically, one needs a moving truck to transport something that size. Most of our uh, home consumer vehicles aren't um, sufficient for mattress transport. And then at that point, you're going to a, a U-Haul or similar business, you're filling out paperwork, you're putting down a deposit, and it might have been easier to just get some foam rubber. It's true. There may be a credit check involved. You don't want to deal with any of that. You don't want that. So we, we have our soundproofing, we have our surge protector, we have the part of our house that we want to use. Are we now ready to buy a microphone? Sleepyheads, I am here to tell you about Schmanners. And what does that word mean, you might ask? Well, it means a podcast that is here to help you. Schmanners is a show about extraordinary etiquette for everyday occasions. Travis and Teresa McElroy talk about manners you didn't know to ask about, and the historical role models you might have never heard of. They cover everything from tea parties to George Washington Carver to the history of absinthe 
and so much more. There is more to manners than knowing which fork to use. Check it out for all of your historical etiquette needs. Manners? Huh. We say schmanners. Are we now ready to buy a microphone? We are. We are. Now, if you have a noisy room, you're going to want to pick what's called a dynamic microphone. Mm. And that's a microphone that only captures the sound that's directly in front of it. Now, the drawback to that is it it's not going to capture a full range of sounds from the vocal source, which is you. Mm. Uh, it's only going to capture what's right directly in front of the capsule. Um, the benefit of that being if the sound is bouncing all around the room, it's not going to get all of that. If you have a nice sound-treated room with nice fresh mattresses on the walls and ceiling, yes. um, then you can get what's called a condenser mic or a ribbon mic. Uh, those capture all the sound in the room pristinely and uh, are typically considerably more expensive than a dynamic microphone as well. What kind of microphone are you speaking to us on currently? This is currently, this is a dynamic microphone because as I've uh, said earlier, this room sounds pretty terrible. Okay. All right. So if one is, if one wishes to, to sing or to rap, is one best off with the dynamic microphone? It depends on the room again. Um, you can sing or rap in nice rooms. Uh, on condenser microphones or ribbon microphones, and it sounds fantastic. That's what most of the rap that we hear on the radio, it's recorded in big, beautiful studio rooms that are probably not in somebody's home, but on very, very fancy condenser or ribbon microphones. Sometimes in your music, you'll be rapping, and then you start to sing for a little while, and then you go back to the rapping. Do you use the same microphone for both of those things typically i do yes uh it's been suggested by studio engineers that i work with that maybe i should use different microphones for different purposes but uh i'm a rebel and i don't take advice well um is there you're speaking to us in a room full of cubes full of sneakers and several uh portable radios with cassette decks um do you have a room in your current home where you do music recording that is different than this room? Yes, it is a completely different room on the other side of my home. Mm, I see. Um, all right. Do, do your fans ever write in about your microphone choices with questions about microphones that you've used and microphones that you would recommend? Yes, occasionally that happens, but I tend to ignore those sorts of communiques because personally I don't feel like... Uh, what microphone I record on is any of their gosh darn business. Yeah, they should concentrate on the message of what you're saying and not the tool that you're using to say it. This is true, although I may not answer quite about that either, depending on how I'm feeling that day. I see. All right, so we have we have acquired a microphone. I imagine there needs to be something that we plug this microphone into in order to record something. This is true, um, because if you just had a microphone and it wasn't plugged into anything, you can sing and rap into it all day, but none of the audio itself would be captured. 
Okay, so what do we acquire to put in this room to connect to the microphone? So if you're a serious home studio musician, what you're going to need to do is get something called a preamp. It's a preamplifier because the signal level that comes from a microphone itself is usually too low to get a good signal into the mix of whatever song you're making. So you get a preamp to boost the level of the microphone into your recording session. Um, and for any serious home musician, um, it might seem like the piece of equipment that you could skip because it's not completely necessary in the process, but the uh, effect that it has on the quality of your audio um, is, is very, very apparent very quickly. I'm seeing preamps on Google.com ranging anywhere from $29.99 to $300. Uh, how do I make a decision that can give me what I need without, uh, without costing me more than it has to? Well, I think, again, you're considering um, your, the room that you're in. Mm -hmm. um, if you get a $3,000 preamp and you're using a dynamic microphone in a room that's terrible, you may be overspending. I see. Um, and conversely, if you have a really nice room and a really nice microphone, you probably don't want to get the $300 preamp because it's going to boost your signal in a, a rude way. And it's going to take some of the nuance out of the actual quality equipment that you have. All right. So if I am building my home studio uh, and I want to record hip hop music, I want to record raps, um, they may not be professional quality, but I want to record hundreds and hundreds of hours of rapping just for my own purposes. Uh, and I'm in a room that is maybe 15 feet by about 25 feet. I've got some foam rubber on the walls. Um, what exactly? It, I'm in the basement. There's uh, a, a, a sort of frosted window way up in the corner, just a small little escape kind of thing with those glass bricks that you sometimes see in bathrooms 30 years ago. Um, what what kind of equipment would you recommend that I get vis-a-vis -a, -vis a preamp? Um, you have a nice, well-treated room. Mm -hmm. um, it sounds like uh, you would want a preamp that is probably around $500. All right. Maybe eight if you're feeling particularly uh, like you want to invest in your uh, equipment there. But your room looks good. It seems to sound good. Um, I, I'm glad that I can't see the frosted window because those scare me. Yeah. Yeah. Just imagine. Yeah. Just imagine if somebody made some bricks out of glass yeah. and stacked them. I would see those as a child and I would just assume someone was getting murdered down there. Yeah. You know? I don't know that. I don't know that they're not actually from this uh, perspective. Um, if you had to murder somebody, would you do that in a bathroom? There's no reason not to. In fact, it might be easier to get rid of some fluids that could... Clean up the scene. Yeah, it could be a part of that, you know. 
Yeah. Is there an audible difference between the $500 and $800 preamp? Not for my ears because I'm not that well trained. Mm. All right. So now I've now I've uh, I have this room. It's treated. I own a surge protector. That's good. The walls are treated and I have a microphone that I've selected. I've plugged the microphone into the pre-amplifier. Do I need to now purchase an amplifier? No. Uh, your pre-amplifier is going to do all the amplification. I know that pre-prefix is a little confusing in this context. I think of pre-algebra or pre-school. Right. In this sense, it's doing the amplification before recording. So it's not pre-amplification before amplification. It's just okay. amplification before uh, hitting your actual recording input. I see. So then the microphone connects to the pre-amplifier and the pre-amplifier connects to what? You have an option here. What you could do for simplicity purposes is route your preamp into an audio interface. And an audio interface is a small piece of equipment that your computer uses to talk to these audio devices because it typically can't talk to them on its own. Now, it's 2023. There are a healthy spectrum of USB microphones, either microphones that you can plug directly into your computer via USB slot. Quality-wise, though, they're not the greatest. And again, if you use one of these, then it becomes impossible for you to do what's called gain staging, which is what the preamp the preamplifier does. Oh, so please, please tell me about what gain staging is. Well, again, the microphone line level signal itself is very small. You can't get a lot of signal in. It's not like a an electric guitar has a lot of signal. Um, most electric instruments have a lot of signal. Microphones do not have a, 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 a large signal level. So you have to add a stage of gain before your recording to get that level nice and healthy for your recording session. Um, and if you use a USB microphone, then you have eliminated the opportunity to do any gain staging before, uh, before you get to your actual recording. Are you speaking to us currently on a USB microphone or mm -hmm. one that has gain staging? This is a dynamic microphone going into a $150 preamp mm -hmm. into an audio interface into my PC. So what is the audio interface and how is it different than the preamp? Because the preamp's main purpose is raising the level in a in a dedicated fashion um, because it is not as simple as just turning the volume up. Uh, the uh, actual electric signal has to be processed in order to be gain staged correctly, and that's what the preamp does. The interface takes all of that audio information, which is typically analog information, and converts it into digital form so that your computer can understand it. And how do you know which audio interface is right for you? Um, the biggest factor there is the amount of inputs that you plan to use. 
So if you're going to record a full band, you need many inputs. There are audio interfaces that have up to 16 channels that you can plug various things in and your computer can understand all of them. In this room where primarily the purpose of me recording things in here is for podcasting um, and conversations like these, I never need more than two inputs. So um, I use an interface that has two. And it works great. If I'm to buy this equipment and I can go to places like Best Buy or Guitar Center, how can I get through the experience of talking to an employee at those places about this equipment without going insane? Well, I think the first thing you have to do is embrace the fact that you will be annoying this person. You have to know that going in. You have to be unashamed about the fact that you, as a paying customer, are about to be treated like you're annoying someone who very well may receive commission from this purchase that you're about to make. I think if you get past that, you'll be in pretty good shape. You have to understand that they're going to be passive-aggressive um, they're going to potentially tell you that an item is not in stock, even though you can clearly see it behind their head. Um, and you have to be prepared for them to be doing something at the register for a really long time before they acknowledge your existence. A lot of these people are, are musicians themselves, possibly musicians who hoped that something else would have worked out in their lives by this point. As a person with a background in psychology, how do you recommend that these Guitar Center employees deal with that situation? I have a hard time giving them advice because Guitar Center as a corporation doesn't seem to care much about how they behave. And it seems like um, the stick or the carrot would need to come from that side. Mm -hmm. And since there seems to be neither, what else could we expect but employees to be constantly exasperated with us? Mm -hmm. Well, I suppose that takes care of any potential sponsorship from Guitar Center for this program. So at this point, we have our soundproofing, we have our surge protector, we have our preamp, and we have our audio interface. Are we plugging then into a simple home computer? Yes. Now, you're going to want a computer that is somewhat powerful. All right. These processes of recording are quite CPU intensive. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to want to fire up the old Radio Shack Tandy with the five and a quarter floppy disk. That might not work for these purposes. You're going to want Commodore get some, 64s, yeah, your TRS-80s. Might not be good. You're going to need more disk space than than the than the three and a quarter or the five and a quarter is going to going to provide you. Where do you stand on the Mac versus PC divide? For a long time, it was. PC or nothing when it came to the home studio space for me. Mm -hmm. 
but now I believe that they're pretty equal in terms of capabilities, processing power, especially if you're building a PC, you can build one that's just as, as good as the Macs are now. Macs tend to be better out of the box, but there's a lot of proprietary stuff with Apple that can sometimes make getting the software you need a little harder. It seems that at this point we have what we need to create home recordings. I believe that this is true. I don't think anything's been left out. Although, after the preamp, mm-hmm. I, I said we had an option. And the option that we chose was to go straight into the audio interface. Right. If you're very, very serious about your home studio, in between the preamp and the audio interface, you're going to want an outboard compressor. Oh, what is that? A compressor is a piece of equipment that controls this nice fat line level you have of your your vocal and makes it where it stays quote unquote normalized and doesn't peak meaning it doesn't it doesn't spike the capacity of the audio interface that you're routing it into where you run the risk of distortion exactly if you're running a compressor and you have it set correctly that will never happen Mm, i see so the chain of command is microphone to preamp to compressor to audio interface to either a mac or a pc you have a very you have a very good memory well these things are, are any of these large because i would think you would want large black cabineted equipment in order to look like this is an intimidating space that is an advantage to having large black cabinet equipment now the drawback to the large black cabinet versions of these items is that if you have invested in those versions of things you've bought yourself a lot of knobs Mm. the more knobs you have the more you can get into trouble and mess something up if you don't really know what you're doing how many knobs should you have? I would suggest no more than two per item. I see. Sometimes I'll look at a control panel in a recording studio, and there's dozens, if not hundreds, of knobs and levels. Isn't it true that 95% of those don't do anything at all? I would say that that is not true. I think that they all do something, and I have messed up something on each and every one at one time or another. So they all do something potentially dangerous, usually helpful. Mike, at this point, I need to apologize because I feel like I've skipped right past the aspect of headphones versus speakers and what you might need in this studio. You definitely need headphones. Ideally, you have both options available. The thing about recording vocals, especially, is that if you're singing or rapping on a beat or a track, you need to hear it while you're recording 
or what you're doing is going to be completely out of sync with it. If you're using being this. being in rhythm is encouraged in yes. the rap game. It is in most most games. Rhythm is good, and um, if you listen to this track that you need to stay in sync with the music over the speakers, then it's all just going to feed back into the microphone while you're recording on it, and then you got a big old mess with your vocal track now has all this beat in it, and then it can start feeding back, which can create a sound so loud where it feels like you want to die. Hmm. You don't want to be in a situation where you want to die. It's not the aim here, no. Yeah, yeah. Do you need speakers in a home recording studio, aside from looking kind of boss? Again, big black cabinets, yeah. always good in this sense for visual intimidation like you said functionally though it is good after you've done all your recording of vocals into a song if you want to hear how everything sounds uh, it is good to have the option to play it on the speakers the term that i've heard people use these days is play it on the bigs the bigs the bigs i see a question about an audio interface. You said that that there will be places to to plug in multiple microphones. Yes. Right. Knowing that the band De La Soul, uh, the the two main rappers, of course, Postanus and Trugoy the Dove, would sometimes be referred to as plug one and plug two based on where they plugged their microphones into the board or the audio interface. If I have an audio interface and I plug my microphone into plug one, is it okay to refer to myself as plug one as a sort of title or is that disrespectful to De La Soul? I believe that if you're referring to yourself as plug one, in your own mind, then you're fine. Mm. I would advise against maybe saying that publicly, um, even before the potential disrespect. You just don't want to cause that kind of brand confusion. Mm. Yes. Nor do you want to draw comparisons to whatever you're doing to what De La Soul has done. Well, it would almost seem like you're doing that on purpose if you called yourself Plug One. Yeah, that's not the kind of trouble anybody needs. I don't think so. I think, yeah, avoiding that's probably a good idea. When you record into the computer, do you, do you use the hard drive built into the computer, or do you connect an external hard drive with more memory on it? What you're going to want to do in that first layer is record into the hard drive on your computer, because... Mm -hmm. If you're not doing that, then you are sending a signal into your computer via USB device in real time, sending that information back out through a USB device onto a hard drive where it's recorded. And there's a lot of places where that can go awry, especially in terms of CPU intensity. So it's recommended that you record directly into the hard drive in the computer at first. And then later when you're storing saving backing up things 
to put them on the external hard drive. What do the initials CPU stand for? Uh, Computer Power United. That is correct. Thank you. You work with several uh, musicians, several types of musicians, producers, DJs, uh, people in in clubs and venues. What sort of person? What what role of person is the most likely to talk your fucking ear off about home studio equipment? That would be the uh, sound guy, especially if the sound guy used to tour with rock bands in the 70s and never stopped dressing the way that they did then and has a long ponytail and glasses and may not have washed their hair in a few weeks and doesn't necessarily like doing hip-hop shows but if you walk in as an artist and you actually know the names of the things that you want then they get really impressed and they want to level with you and let you know that they're not racist on purpose they just only like steely dan and that's just when rock and roll music was real man and they love their jobs have you ever met anybody like that never it's never it's never happened do you like steely dan i like steely dan when i don't think about the type of person that i think donald fagan is even though i've never met him i think that's safe in terms of the headphones that i would be using in my home studio should i make these wired headphones with a big curly cord or bluetooth headphones like i use on airplanes um i would suggest the big curly cord that curly cord has pretty good functionality for if you want to sit at your computer and listen to things and then stand up and go to where you do your standing recording the curly cable makes that movement easier with less wires all over the floor Mm. so it's very functional that way it wasn't just for house phones you know it works everywhere the added issue of using a wireless headphone is that you get a small lag between what you're seeing on your screen and what you're hearing in your ear and that can be devastating while you're recording Mm. it works if you're watching a fast and furious movie on an airplane that's true not so much with recording yes Is it a good idea to buy refurbished or used equipment for my home studio in order to save money, or is that treacherous? Saving money is okay. It's always okay. And a great thing to do if you really want to stick it to those Guitar Center employees Mm. is that you go in there, you look in their case of used things that they've bought from desperate people, and decide that you want to get your hands on some of those things because then they have to go find keys. And none of these things have instruction manuals either. So then you have to ask them a bunch of questions about how they work and they have to stand there 
an answer, whether they want to or not. And on top of that, you're saving yourself some coin. All right. Well, thank you so much, Open Mike Eagle, for sleeping with us tonight. I very much enjoyed hearing about a home studio, and I'm looking forward to getting started on this tomorrow morning, bright and early. I'm looking forward to hearing all of the undoubtedly awesome rap songs that are going to come from your audience after they, they hear how to get this equipment set up. It will be a whole movement. It will be a musical genre of sleepy head rap. Nice. Open mic, Eagle. Good night. Good night. Sleepyheads, one thing I like to do at the end of my day is make a mental catalog of things that I experienced or learned along the way on my travels throughout the day. So if you don't mind, I'm going to make a list of takeaways from my conversation with Open Mike Eagle right now while it's fresh in my mind. There are three. One, if you're at Guitar Center and wish to antagonize the clerks, opt for the cabinet full of used equipment and then demand verbal owner's manuals. Two, if you should find yourself in the position of an elementary school principal faced with hiring options between Drake and Post Malone, hire Post Malone. And finally, three, CPU is an acronym that stands for Computer Power United. Uh, okay, I'm going to turn in myself. I want to thank you for sleeping with me and my guest and my dear friend, Open Mike Eagle. You can follow Sleeping With Celebrities on both Twitter and TikTok using the handle Sleep With Celebs. On Instagram, the handle is at Sleep W Celebs. Our email is sleepwithcelebs at maximumfun.org. This program was senior produced and edited by Laura Swisher. Swish. The music on the show was created by the Winterbowers. Tune in next time, sleepyheads, when my guest will be Neil Gaiman. If you make it yourself, you can either make kefir that is water-based or you can make milk-based. This is a production of Maximum Fun and Papa Chick. I'm John Moe. Night-night. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist-owned. Audience-supported.